When running a business, your employees can create all kinds of interesting situations, like getting complaints because someone on the team always smells horrible. You better talk to Bambi. With Bambi, get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 per month. They're available by phone, email, and real-time chat, so onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. And with Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Bambi's U.S.-based personnel are dedicated to your business, giving you access to the HR expertise and personal touch you need. HR managers can easily cost $80,000 per year, but Bambi starts at $99 per month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Visit Bambi.com slash C-Suite right now. Spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash C-Suite. Bambi.com slash C-Suite. Megan Gibson. The well-being of one person in a family affects the whole family system. This is a supportive community to share research, resources, stories, tips, and life hacks to keep the family brain healthy. Thanks for listening to The Family Brain. I'm Megan Gibson, and today I'll be talking with Krista Miller. Krista is a marriage and family therapist based in San Antonio, Texas, and she's a certified Gottman Institute therapist. You'll learn more about what that means and learn a little bit more about what marriage therapy is really like. We talk a little bit about how marriage therapy or therapy in general can be portrayed on TV or in popular culture, and usually it's just kind of laughably bizarre behavior, which I think is what makes it funny, but also makes people intimidated about actually going to see a therapist. Because if, you know, you see something on a sitcom where the marriage therapist makes you hold an embrace for five minutes and, you know, gently pat someone, I mean, it just, it, it doesn't seem like something that is very approachable to many people. So anyway, we break down some of the myths around what marriage therapy really looks like. And she talks about her approach and what she sees in her therapy sessions and how she helps people. So I hope you appreciate this episode and learn from it. It's my hope that you might listen to this and share it with someone you know who could benefit from marriage counseling or who you know wants marriage counseling, but is having trouble getting through the door. I think that this sort of helps just realize that it's, it's a tool that you can use and that, that most people could benefit from. So I hope you enjoy this episode of The Family Brain. Hi, Krista. Thank you so much for Hi. taking the time to talk with me today. I can't wait to hear all the things that you've been working on. And um, I will do an introduction after the fact, but um, I would love to hear just a little bit about your background before becoming focused on family and marriage counseling. My guess would be that you, you, that wasn't the first thing you stepped into. Would that be correct? Background. Yeah, no, I've, yeah, I've done a lot of different things. Um, let's see. Well, how far back should I? <laughs> I guess I'm just wondering in your in your um, marriage and family counseling journey, sort of what led you to really be mainly interested in marriage and families, and sort of have that as be being your focal point of interest. Yeah. Well, I think let's see. Looking at my my early years of being like 
licensed. I did a lot of substance abuse work, um, which I kind of fell into, but doing that kind of work, you have to do everything. You have to be able to work with couples and families and parents and, and all sorts of things because it just touches everything. So I think then, you know, I started getting a little bit more of a feel for that. Um, and then I moved into working with the kids coming off of probation or being on probation. Um, and again, you have to deal with everything. And, um, but I, I think the major shift I had was when I moved to Texas. So I, I was in Las Vegas for about 12 years practicing. And when I moved to Texas, um, my profession was kind of under fire um, by the Texas Medical Association. Um, they didn't want us to be diagnosing mental health, mental health conditions. Um, and so that was really scary for my profession because you really can't, you can't bill insurance without being able to diagnose mental health conditions because that's what insurance needs to know that you're not just, you know, hanging out, talking about the weather. Um, so I realized that, um, you know, being a licensed MFT, um, that a lot of people just thought that's what I did, just marriage and family. And so I decided, well, I want to protect myself and be, you know, if I suddenly can't diagnose mental health conditions, which I've done forever, um, I need to be able to, you know, be really good at just, you know, doing, doing couples work. And so I kind of threw myself into doing lots and lots of trainings. Um, and we ended up winning the lawsuit, um, the Supreme Court side, you know, Texas Supreme Court sided with marriage and family therapists, so they can still diagnose, which is awesome. Um, but I'm really glad that I diversified myself a little bit. And, um, so I feel like it was a really good, it was a good time to be challenged and a good time to, you know, kind of force myself to expand my horizons a little bit. So I threw myself into just getting as much training as I possibly could. Um, I just, I had always felt before that couples, working with couples and families was really hard mm-hmm. um, and really complicated. And it's um, just, it's a very specialized thing, um, which was always kind of goofy that, you know, the, um, you know, do, having this lawsuit come against uh, marriage and family therapists in Texas they kept saying we were just marriage counselors, which I always think is really funny because <laughs> I'm thinking, well, I do, I do what, you know, an individual counselor does except with two people in the room right. and interacting. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I've only done a handful of marriage work in my past. And it is, I mean, I don't get terrified that easily, but it's a little bit terrifying at first because you're mm-hmm. stepping into the lives of an entire family group. And I don't know, it still can be intimidating talking to one person because that's, that's an honor and a privilege to be able to be led into, but to be led into someone's relationship in the most like, you know, exposed way. way. Yes. Yes. And so I felt, you know, and I felt like, oh gosh, that's always felt really hard for me, but I I want to get really good at it. And so I just took as much training as, as I could get my hands on. Um, and so that's what led me into doing the um, getting training in Gottman Method, um, which I'm now certified in, which I'm super excited about. And I've done the um, externship and emotionally focused couples therapy, which is amazing as well. And so, and I've, and I've got a ton of trainings I still want to do. So I just constantly, um, you know, just trying to get as good as I can with it because I just feel this responsibility. Yes. Um, you know, 
that, you know, these people are coming to me and, you know, really wanting to do well in their relationship and so much is at stake, you know, it's their mental health and their families and, you know, being able to be around their kids and, you know, so much that, um, yeah, so I, I don't know if I answered the question. No, you totally did. That was great. Yeah. What, um, yeah. what in particular about the Gottman method? Um, could you talk a little bit about that and sort of and sort of say why? I mean, you've invested a lot of time getting certified in that method. So obviously, it, this is the gold standard, you know. So what was it that that made you realize, like, okay, they have something here that that I haven't seen somewhere else? Well, I think in all of the methods that we learned in graduate school, they were very abstract and, you know, um, more just theories and, and didn't really come with a lot of um, concrete things to do or not really a lot of structure. And I think that's what I really liked about Gottman Method is, is there's a lot of structure, uh, which makes it feel really comfortable and, um, and then the science behind it. I, I feel that um, there are a lot of people that are, um, you know, you know, air quotes experts on marriage, um, and but it isn't really science based. Um, I think even some of the most popular marriage books aren't really science based. They're really good, mm-hmm. um, and, and they sound great, but there's not a lot of science behind them. So, and I and I go back to feeling that you know this is such a big responsibility. I want to get it right. And so I've got to use science. You know, right. if I go to the doctor or the dentist, I want them to use science-based stuff um, right. and not just kind of wing it. Um, and so that, I think that's one of the reasons I really love the Gottman Method is that it's 40 years of relationship research and, and really sound research. Um, and, you know, the same with, um, you know, emotionally focused um theory is, is the same thing, you know, between the two of those, I think they each call themselves the gold standard, but between the two of them, you know, and you put them together, yeah, I, in my mind, it's even better. Right. Um, so, yeah, so the science, the structure, um, and as I, and I noticed as I started to use it, that couples really resonated with it, and they felt like we were really going in a clear direction, mm-hmm. um, and that it's not, you know, I, I think when you do a lot of work with individuals and then you have a couple come in um, and you try to do what you do with individuals, it just doesn't work. No. You really need a, you know, a different structure. Otherwise it goes off the rails really quick. Yeah. Um, well, you're bringing two so, different people into the room who have different, I mean, as a therapist, you can maybe connect with one person and kind of feel them out in terms of what's working for them. But it might experience I mean a lot of times with marriages you you're dealing with two very different people I mean it's not like oh this one's kind of the same as this other one they're they're often very different and so to then connect with both people um can be such a challenge and I like that idea of the structure I think that that makes sense to me that the structure is something that both people can can join in on instead of feeling like okay the therapist is you know, siding with me or siding with you. This is the format and it's not, it's not a taking sides situation. Um, but what do you do to help put people's mind at ease? Like I, I can imagine, um, uh, men, for example, thinking that, you know, she's a woman, she's just going to side with you. She's just going to take your side because you, you all stick together or what. So how, how would you, how would you respond to something like that? Or how would you encourage women to respond to that if, if they're trying to get their, partner 
in the room? Well, you know, I think one, I, th- I think that's one of the reasons I really love the Goblin Method is it really resonates with men um, because it's science-based. But even just, you know, you look up John Goblin on YouTube, and which I've had a lot of men do, and I, you know, my husband was even watching one of Goblin's videos the other day, and he was like, wow, you know, he's really cool. Um, <laughs> You're like, I've been telling you, hello. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, um, I know. But, yeah, he, he really resonates with men because he's just, he's, he's, you know, basically started out as a mathematician um, and was getting a degree in math and, you know, just couldn't figure out women, <laughs> couldn't figure out how to make it work. And, you know, and he buddy decided to, you know, figure it out and um, and do this research. And I, I think they didn't even know really what direction it was going to take um, at the time. But I think that's really helpful. Um, it's just, you know, the structure and the science and, and just Gottman himself. Um, but, yeah, no, I totally normalize when they come in, you know, that they're going to – there's all of these – you know, worst case scenarios that you see play out, especially with Hollywood, you know, yes. kind of marriage counseling that's ever represented in movies is horrible. Right. Um, and so I <laughs> um, totally understand that. But I usually, you know, will tell people, you know, just if you're having trouble getting your spouse to come in, um, I, you know, I love to have people come in and just interview me, you know, and just get a feel for me in the first hour and just, you know, or any counselor that you're going to go to is just go the first time and get a feel for them. And, you know, if you want to feel comfortable and it, um, I feel like I, I've done a pretty good job with that. I think most people even going to the first session with a counselor, you pretty much know in the first few, few sessions, if you're going to feel comfortable with them, if, if, if you click, um, but just to know that, you know, you can back out at any time. I mean, there's no, you know, contract or anything like that. So you just go and you see what you think. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I don't know if that kind of answers that, but. No, that makes sense. Cause I, I mean, just from personal experience, friends, it's often difficult, although I'm primarily hearing the, the female side of things. So I, I'm not sure what the other side is all the time, but from friends who are interested in therapy with their partner, it can be sometimes a challenge to get them in the door. And I like that idea of just sort of, well, why don't you talk to her? Why don't you look up this video? And here's a video. You can send them a link, you know, email them a link of something from what would they do? Go to the Gottman Institute.com and just, or is there a specific video that would be useful to take a look at? Well, let's see. If you just go to, I don't know if really, they do have a few of their videos on their website, but, you know, just very simply go into YouTube and type in, you know, John Gottman or Gottman Method. Um, they have a bunch of videos on there. You know, a lot of them are put out by the Gottman Institute. So if you even just type in Gottman Institute on YouTube, um, you'll find some really good, some good videos. I think they actually even have... Um, you know, one of the best videos I think is called, um, how to make relationships work, I think. And I think you can buy it for $20 off the Gottman Institute website. It's a 90 minute video. Um, although I think I've had some people say they found it on YouTube, um, and it's just out there, but it's just, it's John Gottman giving a lecture and it's 90 minutes and it's a complete overview of everything. The, um, the four horsemen and the sound relationship house and, um, and all of that, but you really get a feel for what you would be doing in counseling. And it's not as, um, you know, touchy feely or, you know, weird as I think some people worry that it might be. Right. Right. Um, 
because a good counselor is going to work with your comfort level. And if there's something you're not comfortable with, um, or if you're having a concern that things are going in the wrong direction, um, a good counselor is going to hear you out about that and, and not press forward. Right. And I, I think you're totally right about the bad rap that therapy, especially marriage therapy gets in TV, you know, because I mean, that's what makes it kind of funny, right? But it's not totally realistic to walk into a therapist's office and go, okay, now you're going to hold each other for five minutes and I will sound a bell when you may release, you know? I mean, that's just not, that would be horrible for most people, you know? Um, but yeah, we need to get, we need a mission to get more realistic work out there. Um, I'm wondering what are some of the signs, like when you're listening to people talk, whether it be an individual work or just with people, you know, what are some signs that you see or notice that, okay, it might be a good time for you to come on in and talk. Oh gosh. I actually think everybody should. Yes. (laughs) So there's that. I mean, I, I feel that um, most of us aren't really given the um, the best tools for how relationships work, and or we're just doing what our you know and our parents might have done great stuff, but that was what worked for their relationship, and not necessarily what'll work for ours. And in a total totally different generation too. I mean, the world yeah, has changed exactly. a lot. Yeah, exactly. So even parenting is different. You know, what worked for us isn't working with our kids, so we got to do different things. Um, so that's I, I think just kind of one answer I would say. You know, everybody. But then on the other hand, you know, just noticing that, you know, there's different phases in your relationship. So in the beginning of a relationship, I think counseling is really helpful to be really intentional on how you want to build it. Um, You know, further into your relationship, as you start having kids, I think it's really helpful because it really helps strengthen you during that really difficult time when, when things get hard. And then once kids leave the house, it's a great time to come in because, um, you know, you're, you're renewing who you are together now that you don't have, you know, little people in the, in the picture. Um, so those are kind of, you know, just different phases that people come in for. But then I guess more of the, um, like when I start to realize that, people need a little bit more intensive work, you know, let's say maybe, you know, how do you know just, you know, maybe going to your local pastor isn't enough or, um, you know, just watching a YouTube video on relationships isn't isn't enough. Um, and I think, you know, I, what I look for is, you know, is your relationship really starting to impact your functioning? Are you having trouble focusing at work? Um, are you not being the kind of parent you want to be because of your relationship? Um, I think that's some of those things. If you're noticing that you're not taking care of yourself as well um, because of your relationship. So if you're just noticing that there are, it's, it's kind of taking the next step up where you need a little bit more support than, you know, just heading off to the bookstore or um, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, um, that does. It does. What have you, well, I guess, have you been in a situation where, or, or what would you do, I guess, in a situation where you can tell that there's, it's, it's so unhealthy that it's frightening or dangerous or, and, and whether it be physical abuse or emotional abuse, what, what is your own internal like guideline for that? Because again, you're stepping into a very, like you, you said, very important situation that you want to help with. How do you know when 
it's just, this is just a not, not a safe place to be. Well, that's, you know, one of the reasons I have to do a really, really thorough assessment when a couple comes in, because uh, I need to make sure that if I'm going to be doing couples counseling, that it's going to be safe to continue on to do so. Um, and if the relationship is not healthy, um, if it's a dangerous relationship, couples counseling could make that unsafe mm-hmm. for one of the partners. Um, so I have to do a really good assessment. So in the assessment for me, it takes four sessions um, to do a really good assessment. And then um, and one of the tools that I use is the Dotman Relationship Checkup. And he's done research where, you know, she can help guide the clinician in determining if it's, if it's an unhealthy relationship that um, where couples counseling would be contraindicated or if it's the type of relationship where there's some unhealthy things going on, but we could use counseling to work on those things. So there's, you know, some, some different types of relationships and he's one of the people that's actually done some research on differentiating those two things. Um, and so when we're talking about violence, you know, he's got two, two different types where there's characterological abuse and there's situational abuse. Um, so I want to make a good, um, good assessment of what's going on with that when people come in. Um, and then, if, you know, if I determine that it's not going to be um, safe, then I want to give appropriate resources um, so they can continue on in a different, you know, just in a different um, setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes so sense. So still get some help and support, but not in a, a couple setting. Because we do kind of stir the pot in couples counseling, so we want to make sure that... Um, the safe you know, when everybody goes home, it's going to go well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. What, um, shoot, I just forgot what I was going to say. Urr, dang it. <laughs> oh, um, shoot, what was it? Okay, yeah. Oh, I know. What, um, do you ever do any uh, workshops for new couples? I mean, this seems to me like it would be an amazing wedding gift, you know, to give someone, oh, like, starting off. Have, so you do do work with young couples or yeah. new couples? Oh, absolutely. And I would say the work, so I do a seven principles for making my own workshop. Um, and actually most of the people that have come have been either dating or engaged or newly married. Um, and so it's actually a perfect thing for them to do. Although, you know, I would say just like I was saying before, it's, it's kind of good for anybody to do. But, um, but especially that group, because a workshop isn't intervention, um, it's just education. So you don't want to go to a couple's workshop if you're in severe distress, because that's not a good match. Um, so it's actually really great for those, for those type of couples. Um, and I kind of wish everybody would do, would do that, because they, I know when I got married, our premarital counseling, um, I think we did, you know, they gave us an assessment and then we had maybe like three or four sessions with the pastor, um, which was great. But that's, uh, you know, this is something completely different. I think when we did that, it was more, you know, talking about finances and, um, you know, having kids and just making decisions, you know, who's going to watch the dishes, that kind of stuff. but the the seven principles workshop is much more on how do you want to build a relationship dynamics. Um, so it's much more than just you know um, how we think about money or who's going to do the chores. Um, so yeah, so no, it's it's definitely a great wedding gift. Um, I love that. And, and yeah, and then the couples that you know actually the some of the stats for 
that workshop in particular is that, you know, 75% of couples that take it um, say it's successful for them. Um, and it's actually a, a better relapse rate than traditional marriage counsel. No, that makes um, sense. I love all the research and the, the structure behind it. I think that's that's comforting to me, too, just to know that, you know, that it's not just somebody winging it on whatever their experiences have been, you know, um, because I yeah, think well, that, you should not be hearing about, you know, your therapist marriage. Right. <laughs> I'll just throw that out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're vetting your therapist. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um Oh, my brain is just not working very well today. I'm sorry. Um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, I know. So in my own experience, I've been married, I hope I get this right, 14 years, 13 years, almost 14 years. And um, I'm not really a numbers person. So <laughs> I do know who I'm married to. I know him well. Uh, um, but uh it's it's interesting the way that marriages sort of have their ups and downs and sort of their own almost like life cycle. And I don't know if this is right or wrong, but but sometimes when I'm talking to people, I've said, you know, like it kind of makes sense that, that you go through phases that are more challenging or less challenging based on just where you are in your life or what challenges you're facing as a couple. You know, if you have little kids and they're taking up a lot of your energy, what have you noticed in your work in terms of that sort of life cycle where, where things kind of ebb and flow and what would you say is sort of in the healthy range or in the typical range and then what is like, okay, that's, I agree with you hundred percent. Everybody should get this, but how, how, how would you, I guess, normalize some of the ups and downs? Hmm. Well, I remember in grad school, them showing us a, a graph of marriage satisfaction and how it starts out. Um, and it's hard for me to explain without being visual. I always draw it out for clients, but um, it kind of starts out at, you know, if, if you were to think of like, I'm trying to think, trying to figure out how to make this visual. So marriage for satisfaction dips, of course, after you have kids. And that's just normal, and that's what's going to happen. You know, but you want to be really intentional about continuing to take care of your marriage during that time. But what was really interesting about the graph is that marriage satisfaction, once kids leave the house, um, increases higher than the satisfaction that you reported when you first got married. And and I always find that to be a really hopeful um, kind of definition of a love story. Yes, I think, yes. Is that, you know, if you can imagine how happy you are when you first are married, um, and then you go through some challenges, but knowing that going through those challenges can and probably will, if you take care of yourselves, get you to a higher satisfaction than when you first met. And that still kind of blows my mind because, of course, I've still got kids at home. But I think, you know, how great is that, that you get through that and you can be looking down from that mountain at everything that you've gone through and and saying to each other, look at all of this that we've done. This is amazing. You know, and it wasn't easy, but that's what makes it so meaningful. Right. And, and, um, you know, and it makes me think of – so throwing out something that's not common related, um, there's a book called The Course of Love, and the author is um, Elaine de Bouton. It's, it's B-O-U-T-O-N. I think it's I think he's French, um, or Canadian French. I'm not sure. Um, 
But he's not a fabulous accent, if you listen to him describe, <laughs> describe his book. But he's not a therapist. He's just a philosopher on love. Um, and he talks about, um, you know, the definition of a love story. And, and I think it's a, he's got a really beautiful, realistic view of what a love story is. And, and it's all the good and the bad and the ugly and um, the difficulties and the pain but that's what really makes, to him, that is the definition of love. And, you know, after reading that, um, I don't get as teary at weddings anymore. That isn't as much of a love story to me. Mm-hmm. To me, a love story is, you know, seeing people sitting in my office, working their hearts out, and, you know, just showing up for each other, doing some really painful stuff. To me, that is, that's the stuff that tears me up. Um, and, you know, the idea that love is a verb and not just, you know, the state of euphoria that we expect to happen right. and continue to just be there. Um, so I guess, yeah, so when you talk about the different seasons of marriage, that's just what I think of. Yeah. Is that, you know, yeah, there's tons of seasons of marriage, but they all combine to form, you know, who we are to each other and our love story, basically. That is so good. I want to take this and, like, make this the ads we see and the shows we watch, you know, to, to, because we can say that, right. But like what we all see is that euphoria or the people that are just all over each other and like young and new and, you know, it's, it's just, it's, I think we could all do better at really celebrating the challenges and the work that people put in. And instead of just, you know, the, the sound like an old person, the young people out at the clubs, like hanging all over each other, because we all know that that was a fun time, but like, that's not going to last for anyone. And if we only celebrate that, it's sort of, I don't know, it, it minimizes the rest of it and makes it seem like that's not as good when really that's where, where the, the real story begins. Um, exactly. I love yeah, that. That's, that's just when the story begins. Yeah. And then we create it after that. And, and love is being, you know, how do I, how do I show up for you when I don't feel like it? Mm-hmm. And cause a lot of days you don't feel like it and that's just normal and that's daily life, yeah. you know, but, but you know, love is that thing that you do that's hard and, and you show up and you, um, you know, it's like getting up with kids in the middle of the night. You never feel like doing it. No. <laughs> it's not on your list of, you know, I really hope I can get up with my kids in the middle of the night um, tonight, but you do it out of love. Right. It's, it's that action. Love that. Well, what, um, I'm just trying to think, is there anything that you were hoping we would talk more about that I haven't asked you about yet? Hmm. Gosh, that's a good question. Um, well, just in terms of, you know, I know the name of your podcast is The Family Brain. I mean, I think um, I always I always want to communicate to people how important your marriage is on your health. Um, so just even like not your family brain, but your physical brain, mm-hmm. um, you know, the benefits of, of really working on your marriage. Because I think especially when you talk about seasons of life and having little kids, um, you know, there, of course, they put you all into crisis mode and you've got to, you know, do all of that or they will literally die on you. Um, but if you're not investing into your marriage, um, that has, you know, every same physical effect that not taking care of your physical health will. Um, you know, immune system and white blood cells and, you know, just all of that stuff. Um, brain health, you know, that when, when you're working on your marriage, 
um, everything benefits, mm-hmm. you know, work performance and, and kid behavior and just everything. Yeah. So I think, you know, I wish everybody would just under, you know, it's not, a, it's not, um, Like a luxury? (laughs) Yeah, like a luxury. It's it's more than just, you know, oh, we're just going to go, you know, um, get all touchy-feely and, you know, I'll just, you know. um, But that it has, you know, really concrete benefits. Um, You know, for example, like cardio health, um, you know, heart health. That, you know, if, if you've had some heart problems, but they found that having a healthy marriage is extremely protective. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And I think that's the thing that I was thinking with the idea of the family brain is just that we all, everything we do touches everyone in the system, including ourselves. And I mean, I know personally, I've had times where my kids are just out of control. Well, that was times when I was out of control or, or not, not maybe taking as good of care of myself or I've gone through something really difficult and I haven't really figured out how to manage it yet. Um, and it just, I think it's so easy to point our finger at the kids like, the, oh, the kids are doing this, the kids are doing that. And when you're in a marriage, what's going on in the marriage that's, that's trickling down to the children, you know? And so you can... <laughs> bring your kids in all you want, but if you're not strengthening your marriage, and I'm not saying that that's all the time. I mean, sometimes kids are dealing with stuff, even when a marriage is strong, but, um, but I think it's just, to me, it's sort of the top of the the hierarchy of needs. You know, if if the marriage isn't getting taken care of, that's going to affect everyone and just sort of trickle down. Um, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think of, I think of Brene Brown when she says, you know, in the absence of love and belonging, there's always pain. And, and if you're not, if you don't have that sense of love and belonging with your most important person, which is your spouse, um, there's going to be pain everywhere, yeah. you know, and your kids are just going to sense that, um, cause they're just like crazy little barometers. Yes. Um, so yeah. That makes sense. Well, I have loved everything you've shared. This is sort of inspiring me. I don't know if I have the the energy that you have to be trained in the Gottman method, but it sounds like, so I'm definitely going to start learning more about it. And, and I listened to an interview with him on, um, did you hear this? It was with, uh, Dax Shepard, the armchair. I did. It was a great interview. He was yeah. so cool. And I like that Dax Shepard is so kind of laid back and just kind of, it, it makes it so approachable. You know, sometimes people can yes. talk on this very like academic level, but he just made it sound very approachable, which I appreciated. Um, but anyway, yeah. I plan to learn more. So I thank you for encouraging me in that um, area. And I just, my last question, which I ask of everyone at the end is, what do you do to take care of yourself as you're taking care of other people, other families, other marriages? What do you do to make sure you're keeping yourself healthy? What are some practices that, that you make sure oh, you... Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Well, first of all, I, I have a career that I absolutely love. Um, so I think that part of that does help me take care of myself because I absolutely love what I do. Um, so I don't feel like my work really drains me. Um, but I, you know, I'm, exercise is so important. Um, exercise, eating well, um, making sure that, you know, I'm really mindful of, of what I'm ingesting and that it, it's, um, you know, building me up and not breaking me down. Um, 
you know, other good self-care, I mean, you know, doing some pampering things, you know, not being extravagant, but just, you know, things that I feel, you know, refuel myself, um, if it's getting a massage here or there, or, um, on my bucket list right now is acupuncture, I really want to go try that out, mm-hmm. um, let's see, surrounding myself with good friends, um, is huge, and making sure that I maintain those relationships, which is not always really easy to do, being really busy. Um, But I feel like that's so important for my mental health. Um, I just had a girls' weekend last weekend, which is just, you know, so good for me. Um, And uh, let's see, what else? Um, I think just being kind to myself, Mm -hmm. you know, giving myself some, you know, kind of grace here and there to, you know, make mistakes and not hold myself to too high of a standard, um, I think is really helpful also. And that can be tricky as a therapist, I have found, because people are looking to you as the helper, but yet the helper is also a human being, you know what I mean? And so it's just, there's so much to manage with that dynamic as well. Um, So I think grace is is a good one. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I think also not over-scheduling myself. So, you know, scheduling in breaks and scheduling in time and, um, you know, being able to say no, mm-hmm. um, which is hard to do, but I've, I've noticed that it really helps me um, take care of myself, okay. for sure. I love that. Good ideas. Um, so I would love to share your information with everyone so that they can find you. You practice in San Antonio, and um, do you want to give – ways for people to reach out to you so that if people are looking for um, support in their marriage, they can find you? Sure. Um, my website is um, www.krista-j-miller.com and you spell it, it's K-R-I-S-T-A um, and then Miller is pretty easy. Nobody gets that one wrong. No. Um, so Krista, Krista-j miller.com and on my website is you know pretty much everything i've got a little blog that i'm trying to work on keeping up um but i've got information about my workshops um i'm trying to hold that probably every three or four months or so um and uh, hopefully at some point i'm going to be doing some online offerings um so if anybody wants to sign up for my email list i'd love to keep people updated about that um I've also got a Facebook business page. Um, it's just under, you know, Krista J. Miller, Marriage and Family Therapist, if you look it up that way. Um, I don't do as much on Twitter. I'm still trying to figure that one out. I, think I don't I'm get it. For Twitter. I think I am, too. I went on once because my husband's really into it because, I, you know, oh, let me see what this is about. And I was so overwhelmed. I was like, shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> It's really um, overwhelming. Kind of like jumping into a really fast um, moving river. Yeah, I don't um, need that in my brain. I just don't. It's <laughs> yeah. it's it's busy enough in there. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, my website's probably the best way. Um, pretty much everything you need to know is on my website. And um, but I'm constantly changing things and offering new things. So definitely signing up for the email list. I'll keep you updated on all of that. Um, and I don't spam people, so I don't have enough time in my day for that. Yeah. So. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, yes. I get an email every three months. Right. Um, but yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I love all that you talked about. And I just think that hearing from a real live therapist helps it maybe not be so intimidating to someone, you know, I mean, people can listen to this and share it with their husband or their wife and say, listen to this. Maybe this is something we could do. And I just think I love that you're putting that out there so that people can grab onto it and and do something with it. So 
Thank you for taking your time, and I love talking to you. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to episode 50 of The Family Brain. If you would, I would love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. It's at the bottom of where all the episodes are listed. There's a little link that says write a review, and I would love it if you would leave a review. And it helps people find the show and shares this resource with other people. You can also check me out on Facebook, The Family Brain, or on Instagram, Family Brain Podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.